Laura, how many times have you given someone a boost to get up onto a ledge or over a wall? I mean, you know, in in my more rebellious youth, I used to, you know, give people a boost up over some fences so we could go hang out on the nor- the beach that you weren't meant to go to. Because no one patrolled that beach, so you could go drink down there. That required boosting people up. There you are, you've done some boosts. Conrad, how many boosts have you done in your life? I mean, I'm... I'm normally the boosty. Oh, how many boosts have you taken? Oh. Uh, probably a few dozen. A few dozen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I, I've gone into some places that needed boosts. Why do video games think it's such a huge life skill? <laughs> I've done it so many more times. I've, I've pointed this out before, but I was just playing The Evil Within 2, the last place I expected to have to boost someone, like, hours and hours into it. And and it reminds me every time it happens that I have boosted or been boosted so many times in video games, so many more times than I've ever been in real life, and certainly not as an adult. I'm an adult. I mean... As, as an adult, I'll agree with you, but as a teenager, I think I might have boosted in real life more times than I have boosted in video games, mayhaps. Oh. What sheltered life am I living? Oh, I don't know about that. I mean, think about all the video games. Just in The Last of Us alone, how many times did you boost? One game on its own can give you a dozen boosts. Maybe, maybe I'm underestimating, but I did do a lot of boosting people up to places they weren't supposed to be in my teenage years. I'm not saying some people haven't boosted more in real life than they boosted more in a video game. You may have. It shouldn't be as close as it is. It shouldn't be as close as it is. But it, video games make it look like boosting is the most crucial of all life skills. They don't teach you how to file your taxes. I know exactly how to interlock my fingers and squat a bit. <laughs> I mean, look, video games have never taught me to pay my taxes or file my taxes, but they have taught me tax evasion. Thanks, Turnip Boy. Turnip Boy, you're looking out for the every person in all of us. <laughs> Ripping up letters from the IRS. I wish I could. Real transferable life skills there. Exactly. Instead, outside of Turnip Boy, the only thing I've been taught how to do is interlock my fingers, squat a bit, and then wait for someone to put their dirty feet on my hands. That's another thing we don't talk about, is hand hygiene. Video games don't teach you hand hygiene at all. Have you seen how lovingly they craft dirt under fingernails? Do you know how fastidious I am about dirt under fingernails? There's there's a reason I barely have any, because I don't want stuff under there or near them, or I, I just don't like them long, and also I'm addicted to chewing on them. But also... I don't like dirty hands, folks. And these fucking, these fucking, what do they call themselves? Game developers, right? With their liberal arts degrees. Lovingly handcrafting scrapes and cuts and filth on the same hand. Sometimes in first person. And all I can think is wash them. This is why we've got the COVID. Wash them. Wear a mask. I mean, where are you going to get hand sanitizer in the Last of Us future? You're not. Oh. Bung them in a river. Bung them in a river. I guarantee you. Oh no, the river's got the Last of Us poison in it. Right. But you've been shoving that hand through the faces of mushroom people. (laughs) The river's a better bet. I don't care if you've got Viles disease. I don't care if rats have been pissing in it. Get some water on them. There's no excuse to just let your hands stagnate. What if you need to finger someone? You'll be glad of that river water. 
Well, they'll be glad of that river water. Well, exactly. How dare video games sometimes misrepresent reality? Well, I'm just saying, the amount of times they've... The amount of times I've fingered someone and the amount of times I've boosted someone. <laughs> I think the ratio in games is well off. I, I don't disagree. And one of them's a much more valuable life skill. Exactly. So what I, here's my demands for video games, right? <laughs> More hand sanitizer and more fingering. Not necessarily in that order. Well, no, it should be in that order. It should should be in that order. You, that hand sanitizer first, then fingering. Don't do fingering and then hand sanitizer. First of all, you're not doing anything for them other than insulting them. I mean, I wouldn't. I wouldn't do fingering straight after the hand sanitizer. That that's gonna have an effect. Right. Revised demands. I think you're correct. Hand sanitizer, washing, fingering. <laughs> Baby, so long as all roads lead to fingering. <laughs> all right, folks. Laura, you wanted us to start these podcasts with more game chat. And here we are. I, I think I'm doing excellently. I think I would like a gold star, please, Laura. You can have a gold star for that. <gasps> oh, thanks, mate. Actually, you know what? You can have two gold stars. Oh, two? Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Are they stickers? Yeah, they're stickers. <laughs> I'm going to stick one on each of your cheeks. Oh, I actually bounced up and down and clapped and giggled. Like, <laughs> a, like a giant child slash Philip Seymour Hoffman in that one film. <laughs> what was it called? Because it's not the cube, it's the other one. It's the something where Jennifer Lopez dances around in his brain and he hangs himself from the ceiling and has a wank. It's not a spoiler, that's near the beginning of the film. The Master? No. No. I mean, the one that I think of where he wanks is uh, Happiness. And that's, there's no happiness there. I want to say it's the cell. Is it the cell? Maybe I got the stars wrong. What is the cell? What movie is the cell? The cell, 2000. That's Jennifer Lopez. It wasn't Philip Seymour Hoffman. Oh, no, of course it wasn't. It was Vincent D'Onofrio. Whoa, okay, there, yeah. Why was I thinking it was Philip Seymour Hoffman? That would explain why I wasn't finding this film under Philip Seymour Hoffman. I got Philip Seymour Hoffman and Vincent D'Onofrio confused. That doesn't often happen. I wonder if that's the... F I, want I wonder if I've made history on the podcast today. I wonder if I'm the first person to have confused Philip Seymour Hoffman for Vincent D'Onofrio. Do you see how I've turned this into a win for me? Their, their names have the same number of syllables. There you go. And flow the same rhythm. Easy mistake to make. Anyway, the point is, is Vincent D'Onofrio put hooks in his back and hung off the ceiling and had a wank. And then Jennifer Lopez went into his brain where he sat on a big chair and, and he had a big cape and the cape was also the walls. So he gets up and he walks down the stairs and the walls all sort of come like flowing behind him and that is really good visuals in the cell. I don't know if you've seen the cell. I've, I have seen the cover of the cell many, many, many times. Uh, I remember the film having a reputation of not being particularly good, but being visually interesting. That's exactly what the film is. Okay. Not much substance, but a man hangs from a ceiling and has a wank. Welcome to Podquisition. We're eight minutes in. It's a video game podcast. We talk about video games. But we've talked about video games. You don't yeah. even have to tell people. They know we talk about video games. I started I st I started this, this podcast off. 
I, I said, right, this will impress Laura. I'm going to start this off with video game discussion and I'm going to get a gold star. And I tell you what, I think I've overachieved. I've got two. Look at you go. See, I, I've come in woefully underprepared for, like, you know, having the reins today because I, I've been busy. I barely got in. I got, got back late. Who's got video games? Conrad, have you played? How many games has everyone played? Let's do a tally because I can't remember. How many games have people played this week? I played three. You played three. I played two. No, three. I did three. Conrad, how many did you do? I played one. Right. Well, you can't go first. Steph, do you want to go first? Yeah, I played the Great Ragtime Show. The Great Ragtime Show! That sounds delightful. Oh, God. It's it's otherwise known... It's known as Boogie Wings in the West, which is nowhere near as good a name as the Great Ragtime Show! No. It's a, it's a side-scrolling shooter, and it's my, it's my favourite arcade game, and I only played it the other day, but it is my favourite arcade game. I've got it on my little handheld that lets drop the pretense. I've never owned a single one of the games that are on it. and never will. And it's on that. So you mean to tell me that the warehouse doesn't exist? No, no, no. And you've been stringing me along for a decade. Uh-huh. Yeah, what I've really got, Conrad, is just illegal ROMs. Steph, I'm sorry to tell you this entire podcast has been a seven-year sting operation. We got you. <laughs> Wait, what? We got you. We yeah. got you. You'll never, these gold stars are bugged. There's a there's a rat in the pantry. Get them, boys! I want you to all know I was miming holding a giant cigar throughout all of that. So before the cops show up to take you away, yeah. uh, tell us about the Great Ragtime Show. Oh, it's fucking great, right? It's a side-scrolling shooter. You know, one of the old coin-up bastards. Um, set in sort of World War One with a Biggles-ish sort of character. You're in a plane and you're shooting stuff. And it's called The Great Ragtime Show because it has this sort of, like, that sort of, like, show sort of look to it, like a show tune sort of thing. You get planes and that attacking. And You've got a hook hanging off your plane. Yeah. So that the, the plane has a hook and you start with a bomb and you can swing the hook around by flying about and you can deal damage or you can drop the bomb and then you've just got a hook floating about. We'll come back to the hook. Wait, this game looks legitimately amazing. I'm watching footage of it and it's it's there's a lot happening in it. Oh, it's fucking great. So you're in this plane with a with a bomb on a hook. You can drop the bomb at any time and we'll get back to the hook. So you're in this plane and you go on these different levels like Coney Island where there's a parade or the Christmas level where it's playing a jazzy version of Joy to the World and it's really fucking fun. There's a giant Santa Claus boss at the end of that one that just goes Merry Christmas like that and he's on a skateboard or something and he's like ringing a bell. But anyway, that's besides the point. The, the best thing is when you get shot down, you don't just die uh, the plane gets shot, you f jump out of the plane, and then you are running around sort of Contra-style shooting stuff. On the ground, there is all sorts of shit for you to jump in. There is a Bentley with a machine gun, there is a tank, there's a horse, sure. I saw what looked like a fire engine with its ladder up, but it was firing missiles off the ladder. <laughs> yes, yes, some sort of missile firing fire truck, why not? Do you want a pogo stick? Yes, they've got a pogo stick. This game was from way back when. Um, all of these things, by the time you see a giraffe and you're like, can I get on that? Yes, I can. You're, you're having the time of your life. One problem is, is the plane is clearly superior. 
that's where more life is. That's where you can do more firepower. You're not dead in one hit. The problem is, is like when you're in the plane, all of these cool vehicles are on the floor below you and you can't just jump from the plane to them or back again. You have to wait for the plane to be destroyed. And I thought, well, this game is really good. It's really fun. I am being able to jump into robots, pogo sticks, Bentleys with machine guns, motorbikes. But if I get shot down and I haven't got a vehicle on the ground, I miss out on a lot of fun. Mm. But my friends, the plane still has its hook. Oh, I'd forgotten about the hook. Do you want to ride that elephant when your plane's destroyed? (gasps) Bung it on the fucking hook. Wow. (laughs) Then you're a plane with an elephant hanging at the bottom. And when it gets shot down, if you're lucky, the elephant won't scroll off the screen before you can get to it. And if you are lucky, you're on a fucking elephant now. The game's brilliant. I highly recommend acquiring a copy. I mean, it's an old arcade shooter, so you need a copy where you can just hit a button to put in as many credits as you want. That looks real fun. It's fucking fun. It's fucking fun. Yeah, it's on my on that little handheld I've mentioned before, full of games that are illegally downloaded. And there's lots of I've been playing lots of side scrolly shooters lately. I've been playing a lot. Of, I'm, I like Darius because it's got big fish. I like Outer Space Fish, so I've been playing a lot of Darius. But I, I come across this great the Great Ragtime Show, and I fucking love it. Yeah, there is Coney Island that has a big parade and a Christmas level and Detroit Rock City and little Blues Brothers looking people playing instruments in there. But there's a lot going on as well for a game sort of from back in the day. Uh, All sorts of visual details and interactive environments. Like you can go through, you go through a museum where there are dinosaurs, you can shoot all the bones down just to do it or shoot statues and they chisel away and have different shapes and and everything i i have not i'd not heard of the game before but i started playing it was like this is fantastic this is a great laugh i would recommend checking it out anyone who likes uh, the old side scrolling shooters if they've not done boogie wings slash the great ragtime show and then also only ever call it the great ragtime show as well what a great name that is i love games with great names A machine for pigs. That's another great name for a game. Staff, I have a revelation for you. Um, The sting operation was never about getting you to the cops for for doing doing piracy crimes. It's actually for the cool cops. Uh, You get a third gold star. You didn't back down when I said you were going to get in trouble for piracy. That means you're cool. Have a third gold star. Fuck yeah. I'm sorry. Uh... No, I can't. Uh, I'm going to have to stop you right here. There's no such thing as cool cops. Sorry, poor phrasing on my part. The cool, cool patrol have come to give you a gold star for being cool. I don't know. You did just say the cops are cool. I did say cool cops. She's wearing a wire. Get her, guys! <laughs> you caught me saying cool cops. Yeah, you passed the test. Hey, cool cops. <laughs> All cops are fucking bastards. Can you imagine? Can you imagine cool cops? The only cool cops there should be are ones locked in a a meat storage facility. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, in my mind, they were just like banging on the doors. Just let us out. Let us out of this meat locker. But I do realize it did sound like I was threatening to body them. I'm not going to say I'm not threatening to do that. I mean, I'm just... For the purposes of the podcast, which is a novelty podcast, by the way, 
I do not have a meat locker full of dead cops. I feel like like most video game podcasts should like put that out there. Yeah, it's a good disclaimer. Look, I'll say this. A couple of weeks ago, you were saying you didn't have a bunch of stolen video games. But as we have learned, apparently the things you say aren't always true. Oh, God, they're so stolen. Laura, I'm in trouble. <laughs> Laura, you've got to get me out of trouble. They're so stolen. <laughs> It's fine, it's fine. I'll cover you in so many gold stars they won't be able to find you. There's over 10,000 of them and it's 10 years a game. It's, it's, I can't it's go, fine. I can't go in prison for 10, 10,000 years. It's fine. They'll, they'll be like, hey, have you seen where, where, where Steph is? And I'll be like, nah, there's just my statue of gold stars over here. Rita Repulsa got cranky after one set of 10,000 years. I can't do 10. I'll never be able to conquer Earth. <laughs> Uh, I, I played some, some video games this week Not many, I've been busy as fuck I've mainly been doing more playing of stuff I'd already been playing mm-hmm. So, did a bit more speedrunning of Cooking Mama Cook Star So, I think I, I mentioned a little bit last week um, I'd brief, some of my records have been beaten Fuck uh, mm. Because, because yeah. I, I did most of my speedrunning on the Switch version And then PlayStation versions came out Which were considerably quicker to speedrun on Oh yeah, then they beat you And then you went on that version And you slaughtered oh, them Oh, I absolutely demolished them Fuck yeah So, I've been, I've been playing more I've been practising I've been getting my times ready But I haven't been submitting more times Because interesting developments in the Cooking Mama Cookstar three-person speedrunning community. So we've been trying to find ways to like standardize somewhat the, the various platforms because there are differences that impact timings and we're trying, because it's such a small community, we'd really like to have ideally just one shared leaderboard, but yeah. it's becoming increasingly apparent that like PS5 is considerably faster than PS4, which is considerably faster than Switch. Yeah. I can imagine like even the most straightforward of speedrun uh, communities eventually has to wiki tab itself into a like just a sprawling web yeah and the thing is is that like if you if we were a bigger community i would totally say split split it so that you have like different speedrun categories for the different games but it feels weird to split up a community this small that much because if we do this essentially val is going to be the only person in the ps4 speedrunning community i will be the only person in the ps5 speedrunning community well it would separate us out from being in the same competitions so my anime rival val has come up with a really interesting tool basically she has developed a tool that will Look at the the screen capture when you're doing the speed run, and any time that the entire screen goes black, it will automatically pause the speed run timer and unpause it when the fully black screen goes away. Which should we're testing it and working out what it does? It should normalize the speed runs between PlayStation Four and PlayStation Five because they both run at the same speed in game. The difference is loading times. So we're currently working out like. Is this a potential way to make it so that there is an even playing field across platforms? And hopefully we can sort of not have this weird situation where it's like, well, I have all the top speedrun times, but that's because I'm the only person with a P- who has a PS5 and is speedrunning it on that platform. Yeah. Yeah, so that's that's currently the, the fun we're having is working out, like, how do we best try and even the playing field without introducing, like, additional barriers to doing the speedruns for that game in a way that, like, might discourage new people from getting involved. Because, like, there are so few people doing this. I was so happy when I saw that two new people had started speedrunning it and had taken my time. So I was like, that's great. New people are interested. And my only concern at the moment is, like, is having a separate program you have to run 
and understand going to be a barrier to entry. We'll work that out. But that's been me. I've been I've been playing more Cook and Mama Cookstar and basically being like, hey, what's the future of that speedrun community that no one cares about? I care about it. I love it. I I genuinely enjoy speedrunning that terrible game. I admire and envy you constantly. Like, I look at all the shit you do with the books and the organisations and everything, and then you still find time to speedrun in the middle of it. Like, it's a good day for me if I cannot have a nervous breakdown within three hours of waking up and remembering I exist. I mean, I don't even know how people manage that. How do you manage being aware of existence and everything in it and not collapse? Oh, see, here's my secret is I keep myself too busy to think about existence. (gasps) If I'm constantly doing things, there's no time to stop and go, universe is fucking big. Oh, no. That's genius. Yeah. I think I used to do that and then I stopped. I find that just... Not being sober works too. I mean, that also works. Jesus Christ. But I'm sober and lazy. <laughs> oh. So yeah, I'm, I'm continuing to play a speed run that. I'm I'm very curious to see where this little speedrun community goes. And look, I know that this speedrun community is only like three people, but I've been, I've legitimately had such a really good time getting really invested in a small enough community of speedrunning that like, there is always a reasonable chance I can retake a, a record that, that gets lost. And it's like, mm-hmm. I, I have no interest in speedrunning anything more competitive than this. Are you sure? You're not going to start doing Bloodborne? Oh, God fucking no. No, I, no, no, no nothing that requires me to actually be good. Nothing that I can't just like blind luck my way into first place on. I've had a lot of GDQ, like old GDQ reruns and stuff on at the moment. I find speedruns are good as background thing because I've got, you know, just utter shithouse levels of ADHD. Uh, and I've hmm. practically given up watching most television. I, I can only have things that are background noise, more or less. And speedruns are real good for that. Yeah. Oh, I worked out. I did work out a new speedrunning trick in Cooking Mama Cookstar. Any of the mini games where you gotta you gotta roll up. Uh, usually, it's like rolling dough into sort of little ball shapes or things like that. If you rotate both the analog sticks at once in opposite directions, it doubles the speed at which it uh, it, it does the rolling animation. Fuck yeah! Yeah, the Laura roll. Yeah, I'm discovering more ways to break this game. I will continue to do so over time. <laughs> Learn all the intricacies of this. Bad game. Hell yeah, you're gonna be a legend. You're gonna be a legend in the Cooking Mama Cookstar speed. You already are! You founded it! Honestly, I kind of hope that, like, I've been like, hey, we should try and keep this community one single community, not split it up, etc., etc. There is a little voice in the back of my head that goes, if we split this into multiple different speedrunning communities by platform, it's the start of the Reformation now. Well, I mean, that's double or triple the number of speedrun records I could have if I got the <laughs> oh records on all of the separate platforms. You see, <sighs> now we're thinking like a capitalist. <laughs> we Steph. create more and more unnecessary markets so that we can own them. And somehow, if we find a way to charge for this, Laura. <laughs> Steph, what have you played this week? Oh, God. I've been playing The Evil Within 2. Don't ask me why. There's there's no answer. That's a line of questioning that only has dead ends. I don't know why I'm playing The Evil Within 2. I guess to get my money's worth. 
I bought it when it first came out. <laughs> I didn't finish it. It was actually, it was, I think it was the second game I ever did a impressions video on after I stopped doing game reviews. And I said at the time, I'm so glad I started The Evil Within 2 after I stopped doing game reviews so I can just stop playing. Mm. I can do a impressions, be like, I've played this much. And even in the impressions, I said, I'm glad I don't do game reviews anymore so I can take a fucking long break from this and not be fucking annoyed by it. It's a fucking annoying game. It has not very good stealth and not very good combat. And you need those things for the game to happen. And I'll tell you what, though. I went back to it this week. Yeah. And they've added something. They've added little things in the option menu to make it a game that I like to play. First of all, there is a toggle for infinite stamina. Turn that one on. Fucking keep it on. Stamina don't need it. Makes this game annoying because you need to run a lot. And I've said this before in many games. Don't make your high-powered, action-packed cop slash soldier sprint for shorter distances than I can fucking manage. That seems reasonable. Yeah. Infinite sprint. It's not even sprinting. It's jogging. What this fucking guy does. <laughs> anyway. One-hit melee kills. And invincibility. They have realised that the game is so fucking annoying that to get you through it, they've given you toggleable game breaks. Just straight up cheats, and they haven't even charged for them like some publishers will try. <sighs> I tell you what, being able to just think, right, this game is forcing me to use its terrible combat slash terrible stealth. I'm going to toggle on invincibility and get through it. It's been a revelation. It's got me more than two hours into the game. Wow. I feel like I'm getting my money's worth. All games should have toggleable invincibility. All of them. A friend of mine said many, many years ago that video games might be the only form of entertainment where we are still locked out of seeing everything we bought. Yeah. You know. Hey, there is literally no downside to giving every single player game a toggle for invincibility. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, short of some, short of certain like special circumstances where like maybe you, if you cannot read and you have bought a book, you know? Yeah. But in terms of like, you've got like the basic means with which to consume this product, this entertainment product, like they don't stop you watching a TV show until you've proven you're good enough to watch it. And if you've bought story-driven content... If you've brought a, bought a story-driven entertainment product, I'm just saying I'm getting my money's worth now that I don't have to play the game I bought. <laughs> <sighs> now that I can trivialise it to the point of being worthless, I've gotten my worth from it. Now, the Evil Within, the, both Evil Within games are so close to being good horror games, and they fuck it up by just not being good. That is a problem if you want it to be good and it's not good. Mm -hmm, six out of ten. Could be good. It's not good enough to be good. It's all right. Yeah. It's got cool something in it. Something about it's cool. Yeah. It's one of those games where I can't put my finger on what's good about it because it's not a good game. Mm -hmm. But it's one of those ones where you're like, it is an amount of time I can spend and good Lord, do I need those. <laughs> 
So let's just go back through old games I bought and finally get my money's worth. I I did the same with Nino Kuni 2. Mm. The problem with that one is I got as far as I did last time, which is five minutes. Mm-hmm. I I love the first Nino Kuni. Nino Kuni 2 can't get on with it. I mean, it's I can't even tell you if I can get on with it. I just think the aforementioned ADHD brain just can't with Japanese RPGs anymore. Because there's a certain style to them. It involves a lot of pausing the game and showing you tutorial boxes. Mm-hmm. But often they have such slow starts. I mean, you know, there's the famous example of Final Fantasy Thirteen, where it's like, it gets good, like 30 hours in. And I'm like, I don't have that. I don't have hours for a game to get good anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I didn't back in the day i was the medium in general should be doing better than that we should be expecting hours of investment before it gets good that's true yeah you know there are many good tv shows but these days back in the day i might have been able to suffer through an entire season to get to the good stuff these days you've got to be good out the gate because i'm sorry my my brain just won't let me enjoy you well and there are so many alternatives and so many other demands on our time and attention oh god there's so much instant gratification out there just remember if you're doing a tv show if you're writing a book producing a movie developing a game all of you are competing with pornography always have been yeah i do not need hours to get into that I do not need a law wiki. I do not need a tutorial. I know exactly how to engage with that piece of content. And it's there and it's quick and it's instant. You have all got to deal with that. Every time you're coding a game, you've got to think, is this pornography? If the answer is yes, keep coding. If the answer is no, try again. I'm starting to sound like a Blizzard executive. Oh. Oh, we'll, we'll, we'll get there. We'll get there. <sighs> the point is, right, do better than porn. The Evil Within 2 doesn't do better than porn, but the problem with porn is I'm bored after it and all. <laughs> so I need The Evil Within 2. Porn, then The Evil Within 2. That's my rankings <laughs> for the week. <laughs> um, I played a little bit of something else uh, very, very quick. I've been playing more Train Simulator. Fuck yeah. I found the train and the route that I'm going to be having my wedding on, <gasps> and I've played that train route, and oh. I worked out how that train goes. Because, of course I did. I discovered that that's a thing that exists, and I spent an hour and a half driving a train going, this is where I'm going to be in the nice wedding dress. Oh. And... That was just a really nice positive experience. Hey, anyone listening, if you ever end up having a wedding on a train, I highly recommend this as a thing to do. Also, I demand, I've got a demand now. Yeah? I want you to get that train simulator game up, and I want to screen share with you, right? And then I want you and Jane to redo the wedding so I can be there in the game, please. <laughs> Because I can't be there in real. We we will video call you from the wedding. I would like we that. Are, we are happy to do so. I would like that very much. It would lovely. It'd be lovely to have a little call with you. No, I'm looking forward. To, I'm I'm gutted. I can't be there. I from what I've looked at, U.S. citizens can go over there. I'm just waiting for a passport to turn up. If it miraculously turns up in the coming days and you can physically get here, you are welcome to be here. Yeah, I think we're looking at a logistical, statistical impossibility now, but soon, hopefully. Hopefully soon. Yeah. Don't you get excited, disgusting listeners. I'm not there for any of you. (laughs) (laughs) 
Oh. We'll be talking about doing some live stuff at some point, but I, I can't do like a meetup or anything. Not in the UK with everything going on, you know. Yeah. I'm there for specific purposes, family reasons, personal reasons, all of that. And to see Laura. Of course. Get my, collect my gold fucking stars. Oh, I have them here. The st- Hell yeah. Don't, don't you, don't you doubt me. I will put so many gold stars on you. Mm-hmm. See, so, yeah, I, I play, I play Train Simulator, mm. and I am co- look for. I've, I've talked about this before on the podcast. That that game's monetization model not great. The DLC pretty fucking pricey. Very, very niche, very niche game, and it knows it with its pricing structure. But I am constantly surprised by my ability to go. Here's a real world train and train route that like I have recently been on or I'm going on soon. Let's just see if that's got DLC. They got DLC for that. Always, 100% of the time, they have everything they have. Fuck, you know. Like, I have never yet tried to find a train, uh, a model of train or a route and not seen it available. And I can't deny that that is very appealing. Uh, Conrad, should we, should we pop you in the middle sure. here? We've done a couple of games each. What have you played this week? Yeah, I, I only... Played Castle Crashers this week. And Castle it, Crashers? Yeah, right? Remember that? I remember that. Great soundtrack. Great soundtrack. Fun animations. Very silly. Pretty tough, actually. Although not, like, egregiously so. But yeah, I, I remembered that I had it. I had it on Steam. And so Linda and I have been playing it. And it's just real fun. It's just real fun. I'd completely forgotten about it. I have action figures of them, like, in my house, on display. And I somehow forgot about the game and how much fun it is. I had one of those. I had the orange one of the Castle Crashers action figures. I loved Castle Crashers back in the day. Mm-hmm. The music that plays in the forest level, the bouncy one. Fucking love that track. It's so much fun. It's just it's a good bright game. and colorful and, oh, God, there's so much to unlock. And, and I forgot about that. Like, so many hidden things that I... that I, It's been so long. They only added stuff over time, didn't they? I'm pretty sure. Like, characters. They had a few DLCs, and then when they released it on Steam and on platforms other than Xbox 360, I think they just made them unlockable instead yeah. of selling them as DLC. Uh, and then they did a remastered version, which I is not what I'm... I don't know. <sighs> I want to play Castle Crashers. And then I found out in the course of all of this, I didn't know they're doing a new Alien Hominid. Oh, I remember that. Yeah. I liked Alien Hominid a lot. So I'm curious to look into that a little bit more. But yeah, you know, it's just, uh, you know, remind you, Castle Crashers is a real good game. Good, good couch co-op. Good uh, online, I assume. Yeah, I've been looking for an online co-op game lately. One on the Switch, specifically. That might do the trick. Steph, have you played anything else this week? Oh, all I do is play stuff. Yeah? No, I I try to avoid video games as much as possible. Fucking awful things. I... You know I mentioned Samurai Warriors 5 last week? Mm. I was like, yeah, it's all right. Fuck that game. Oh. Fuck that game. What happened? Oh, once I realized that even the main character the game is about has a cloned moveset, I was done. Wow. The cloning is like, it's a well-known issue in in the Warrior series of games. Sure. They've got so many characters, and up to a point, there's an excuse for some characters sharing weapons slash movesets. 
But every time, like, Omega Force does a reboot, quote-unquote, of one of these series, it seems to just be an excuse to cut more corners. I've long since given up on the idea they're ever going to do Western localization again. Um, they cut that corner years ago, and they've tried it out here and there, but they've more or less given up. When it comes to, like, reducing characters and stuff, they will say, oh, well, we're deepening it elsewhere. And I'm like, hmm... Okay, let's see where you're going with that. It's usually a lie. But there have been multiple reboots in these series and spin-offs where it's just an excuse to clone characters. Uh, it happened with Dynasty Warriors 6. It happened with Dynasty Warriors fucking 9 and what they did to Zhang He. And it's happened here. Fewer characters than there was in Samurai Warriors 4 because it's a reboot and narratively let's have fewer characters, you fucking lying charlatans. There's, like, fewer characters and even fewer movesets. And so far, I've unlocked three characters that have the same katana. And it's gotten to the point where I no longer consider it unlocking characters. You don't unlock weapons for characters. You unlock characters for weapons. If you treat the weapons like the playable characters and the playable characters like equipment for the weapons, then you might go halfway towards justifying this. But yeah, the game is predominantly revolving around Oda Nobunaga and I got hours and hours in and then my other favourite character from the series, I've got a couple favourites and two of my favourites have the exact same weapon. They play the exact same way. I was done. Yeah. What's the point? I've got do like a dozen more characters to unlock. I don't care because they're not going to be interesting. Because once you've got the weapon, the characters are little more than equips. Yeah. And I'm just, you know, Dynasty Warriors 9, I'm well aware, altered my perception of the series overall. The same way Fallout 76 altered the way I look at Bethesda games. Once something is so threadbare that it only has the flaws left completely exposed... It can change the way you look at an entire series. It's one of those always has been moments. Mm -hmm. And Dynasty Warriors 9 was that for me. It was the astronaut with a gun to the back of my head. And ever since then, I've been so much less patient and so much less excusing of anything in the Warriors series. And to come to Samurai Warriors 5 with its cute little cel-shaded look, its promises of a reboot, and to see that it's just another excuse for Tecmo Koei to cut the fuck out of every corner imaginable. I mean, for God's sake, it's not like the series has ever been so complex or resource intensive that they need to cut corners. And look, I, I, I saw this discussion come up again recently, people pushing back on the criticism lazy because games require so much hard work, and I'm never going to say they don't. But some games are fucking lazy. And that's not to say that the developers making them didn't work hard. Mm -hmm. But Samurai Warriors, Dynasty Warriors, those are lazy fucking series. Those games, not the people who worked on them, those games are fucking lazy. Lazy and cheap and greedy because they've got weapons coming in the season pass. They've got weapons coming in the DLC that's not covered in the season pass. It always fucking happens. <sighs> I played Apple Slash is what I'm trying to say. Mm. And it was a really promising idea for a game, but I got bored of it real quick. 
But a little bouncy knight. It's black and white, but with important things with red highlights. It looks quite classy. You're a little bouncing knight, and you move the right stick in a direction, and then hammer a button, and they slash in that direction. And it's fine. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But Samurai Warriors 5 is so fucking lazy. I need to do a Jimquisition on the, on the criticism of lazy and the criticism of lazy as a criticism. Mm. Because I genuinely think, I think lazy as a point of criticism is meritous. There just has to be a distinction as to what and who you're calling lazy. Whether you would agree with such a point or not, Samurai Warriors 5 is so, the whole series at this point is so creatively fucking bankrupt. They only seem to put in the effort when it's someone else's intellectual property. So from now on, like, maybe they should just give up on Dynasty and Samurai Warriors altogether and just make the Zelda ones. Those are fucking good. They just make something like Samurai Warriors 5 all the more frustrating. Because I'm like, I know you can do better than this. Also, stop reinventing the weapon crafting system every single game. That's not what people are screaming for. Sorry, I realise I'm, I'm, if I carry on, I'm just going to get into criticisms that only people who have played Dynasty Warriors to any degree of time will understand. And it'll get more and more obscure from there. You're allowed to make obscure criticisms. You're allowed to say... All right, fine, right. The Renbu system. Yeah. Let's fucking talk about the Renbu system. Do you remember that, Laura and Conrad? Oh. No, but I want to hear you tell me about it. Oh, that was Dynasty Warriors 6. How do you take a series already accused of mindless button mashing and turn it into mindless button mashing? And then why'd you give Shang her a spear? A spear? He's got claws! I don't know if I've mentioned, but when I criticise the Warriors games, I also get higher in pitch. That makes sense. Yeah. 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 Well, you should have all seen what they're against to him! Do you remember that, folks? That's a callback. That is a callback. It's a callback that people who don't know it's a callback find totally fucking obnoxious, and those who do know it's a callback love it. So what am I meant to do? I've got a play to the crowd I've already got. Sorry, everyone else who's just been alienated. (laughs) I apologise for what I did to you. (laughs) The only other thing I did is I started playing uh, Neo The World Ends With You now that the full game's out. Oh, yeah. And then didn't get very far in it at all because I was like, I really want to just play huge, huge, huge amounts of this if I'm going to get into it. And now is not the time for it, but... I played a bit beyond the demo, and it added a few more systems that all work well, and I'm continuing to have a much better time with that game than I did with the original DS one. So, yeah, yeah, that's good. I'll have more interesting thoughts on it a week from now, probably. Should we get onto the news? Yeah. Yeah, there's a fucking lot of it this week. I'd like to start with Activision Blizzard Corporation, please. Which story about Activision Blizzard Corporation? Yes. (laughs) Uh, So there's a few stories that have happened about Activision Blizzard this week. So Vice reported this week that an Activision IT worker secretly filmed colleagues in the office bathroom. Now, what's interesting about this, this story is actually from 2018 and has only just been reported on. Right. Yes, this is a multiple years old incident of someone at Activision Blizzard. This is not something that, as far as I am aware, um, and it's not indicated in the article, that is, you know, part of the suit currently against Activision Blizzard from the, you know, state of California. It's just an incident that happened. That didn't get any media traction, from what we can see. Any. 
media. Well, there yeah. was, there was, I mean, there was some local mention in, you know, some local press that yes. Vice found. Great. Yeah. This is the, the problem, though, is that this happened in 2018. And now because Activision Blizzard's being sued and because people are running around digging through dirt to try and see if they can find anything else that, you know, tangentially relates to it for clicks. That's what this story says to me in some respects. But even worse is the fact that it it just didn't get any mention anywhere for three years in games media. And that just says to me, this is a form of press that is underfunded and underskilled, that nobody with the ability to get a story onto even a modest gaming website had a Google search set up that brought this up and had the just diligence to check through that every day. And it's a lot for any one person, which is why I say it's underfunded, because certainly, and as I remember when I was doing games media, and certainly this will not apply to every organization, but it is a lot of organizations, I suspect, that there aren't a lot of clearly defined beats and certainly not the sorts of beats where you are doing you know, legal checks. There shouldn't be just one investigator. Yeah, I'll say this as someone who has, for a couple of places, been the one news person. Uh, often you are told, here is a number of stories you have to do per day. Uh, there, You find that number of stories, doesn't matter what they are, that number of stories. That doesn't necessarily foster taking time to look for things like this. Well, you're not paid to do journalism. You're paid to produce content. It doesn't matter what the content is. Correct. The sensible use of your time when you are paid to do a certain amount of work in a certain amount of time is to go to the places that you can guarantee there will be things and go get those things rather than spending your time looking at the thing that you will look at for months and months and never see anything for that one story that is important to catch. And all of this is to say that this is not a or group of organizations capable of holding to account these other organizations. They're simply not able to do it. There are many things they could have done but didn't, though. Absolutely. I'm just saying that as an institution, well, it's because they built it that way. That's what happened <laughs> you know oh yeah i mean like games journalism as an establishment succeeded in being the content mill it was designed to be but it failed as anything anyone thinks it is yes yeah well but it has also succeeded in that portrayal of being the information delivery pipeline for people at least for a time yeah but the, the, i mean the problem is is it's it's not doing the job of journalism, and I've, I've said for many years it's almost impossible because of the way it's set up, because of the relationship between publication and publisher. It's this attempt at journalism, this Johnny-come-lately digging. Yeah. 
That is exactly the example that I will point to as to why that is. And even then, though, we still only get it from, like, Vice or Bloomberg or distinctly non-Games Press press, or certainly not exclusive Games Press press, and it makes you wonder what the fuck it's there for. I mean, this is Waypoint, Vice's, you know, what do they call it, Masthead? Their gaming Masthead? Yeah, I know they've got a a gaming um, section, but what I'm saying is, like, the... The dedicated enthusiast press is, well, I mean, it's the clues in the name. It's just there to be enthusiastic. The places you will see stuff like this covered and that have the room to do this are the places that first and foremost are journalism outlets outside of gaming that just happen to cover gaming stuff. And I'm I'm sat here thinking, oh, you care now. The amount of coverage Activision has gotten now that it's so out in the open and there's been so much pushback that people can't, like, there's not much risk in losing access or or losing current favor. Now everyone seems to care. Oh, and Eves, don't think we forgot about you. Eves Ramon is, is still the head of a company where people feel unsafe and it employed and protected and promoted rapists so oh don't worry we we got some fucking stories about that this week but yeah let's move on to some of the many 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 other activision blizzard stories this week and we'll try and get through them quick because there's a lot of them i'm just glad it's not all depressing bad news um, there's there is a couple of lights in the tunnel but we'll we'll get there so we started off the week with Activision Blizzard hires a union-busting firm as workers start to come together. Uh, so this was this was just after we recorded the podcast last week. Basically, they they hired a law firm called Wilmer Hale, which is the same law firm that is helping Amazon to keep its workers from unionizing. And Uber, I believe they did work for Uber. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's very, very transparently. We do not want our workers joining forces against us. I wonder why they would suddenly have fear of that happening. So then, further Activision Blizzard allegations emerge. Last week we had over 2,000 current and former Activision Blizzard employees signed a petition calling the company's response to their the lawsuit abhorrent and insulting. A second lawsuit has happened since last week. This one's not because, you know, bad shit happened to employees. This one is shareholders have started a lawsuit because they've gone, wait, there was shitty stuff going on for years and you kept it quiet. You allowed your stock price to rise knowing that it was going to crash at some point. We're suing you for that. <laughs> yeah, it's it's nice to see that principles and ethics are the driving force uh, shaping the game industry for the better. Yeah. I mean, look, I just... It it makes me feel good to know that that, that Bobby Kotick is, is facing some actual repercussions he might care about. Bobby Kotick is a world-class premium piece of shit whose hand-wringing right now is only to distance himself from a toxic work environment he was in charge of for yeah. years and years, well, well over a decade. Yes, but... But this is the lawsuit he cares about. Yes. Well, of course. Indeed. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, let's sneak into the other allegations that have happened since last week. Uh, an IGN feature published this week contains allegations from Activision Blizzard staff that back up much of what is alleged in uh, the state of California's lawsuit. A bunch of other allegations were made, and they are absolutely disgusting and abhorrent and 
continue to hammer home the stuff in that lawsuit that behavior at that company is terrible. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's bleak. Yeah, yeah. So since this lawsuit happened, Activision Blizzard have started admitting to certain firings that happened over the last year or two that they very much hush-hushed in the past, such as... Oh yeah, there was someone who was a senior creative director on World of Warcraft who we we fired last summer because of involvement in the Cosby Suite shit. Which suggests that they knew about that and just kept that quiet since at least last summer. Well, you would. Yeah. You would keep that quiet. But well now but now that they are facing actual legal repercussions, because the public relations stuff's on lock. All they have to do is not talk about any of this shit. And nobody cares. Right? Yeah. Nobody gives a shit. So that 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 was fine. But this this legal thing, that's another matter. And so now they have to start showing, well, no, 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 no. But look, we did all of these things. We actually cared about this. We took steps. We took measures. This isn't the culture you claim it is. We just didn't tell you that we did it. We just didn't tell you we'd gotten rid of people for the bullshit they did. Blizzard President J. Allen Brack is stepping down, quote-unquote. He's not being fired, and there is no word on what perks he will and will not get to keep. Fucking means nothing. He'll get hired somewhere before too long, because of course he will. You'd think a parachute made of gold would be bad design. Like, like you'd, you'd open it, and, and it would just... And you'd just fall. fall like a stone. I, I also... I, I, I like the cartoon logic that I employed in that. Like, you were wearing the backpack, and it was lightweight oh, until yeah. you deployed the parachute. You, you look at the camera and hold up a sign that says, Gulp. <laughs> so... There's an interesting story on on Kotaku I would recommend reading if if anyone is interested. Um, there's a there's a clip that was circling on Twitter the last couple of weeks of an old BlizzCon panel where someone in the audience went, "Hey, World of Warcraft, can we please have some female characters that don't look like they're dressed out of a Victoria's Secret catalog and a bunch of World of Warcraft men on stage? Ha ha ha! What catalog would you rather they were dressed from? Ha ha ha! There is an interesting piece interviewing the person who asked that question and it's it's uh, it's an interesting read then we've got ubisoft stuff to touch upon ubisoft staff say company continues to protect and promote known offenders and their allies hmm. is anyone surprised by this news no because nothing changed at the company and everyone moved yeah. on except for basically us and a couple other people out there yeah so here's, here's the story of how Ubisoft got involved in all this. So on Wednesday of last week, nearly 500 current and former Ubisoft employees at the time, and that number's now well over a thousand, signed an open letter in solidarity with Activision Blizzard staff following the lawsuit, basically being like, hey, we've had some bullshit of our own going on over here. We stand in solidarity with you. Yves Guillemot was not happy about this letter in solidarity with uh, Activision Blizzard. Yves Guillemot emailed all Ubisoft employees about the open letter saying, We've heard clearly from this letter that not everyone is confident in the processes that have been put into place to manage misconduct reports. We've made important progress over the year. Blah, blah, blah starts to go talking about how good a job he's done in response to a letter 
you know, in solidarity with other abused workers. What's important is he tried really hard. Yeah, so... (sighs) Ubisoft employees were not happy about Eve's email and let him know that in responses. The majority of Ubisoft staff's demands of like, hey, Eve's, please deal with these things at Ubisoft, were sidelined and only a few of their points have been addressed. According to staff, Ubisoft continues to protect and promote known offenders and their allies. We see management continuing to avoid this issue. Uh, Ubisoft staff's three key key demands, which have largely been ignored, are to stop promoting and moving known offenders from studio to studio, team to team with no repercussions. They want a collective seat at the table to have a meaningful say in how Ubisoft as a company moves forward, and to agree to cross-industry collaboration to set ground rules and processes that all studios should follow to avoid these kind of abuses in future. These are the things Ubisoft employees have said, hey, Eves, please help us do this, and Eves just gone... Nah. Mm. Yeah. I mean, it's weird. But improvements have been made. Don't yeah. you un- Don't you understand, right? Improvements have been made. Let's let's look at the improvements, shall we? Actually, no. Let's not look at the improvements. Let's we move couldn't. on past They're the improvements. Let's just carry on working. Yeah. So since Eve's Gimo completely ignored Ubisoft staffs you know, demands and their attempts at solidarity with Activision Blizzard. We've seen some attempts at um, creating workers' alliances in the face of all this Activision Blizzard stuff. IGN reports that a coalition of Activision Blizzard employees have formed the ABK Workers' Alliance, expressing dissatisfaction with the choice of Wilma Hale, who were the um, union busters we talked about, urging leadership to address uh, a bunch of demands that they have, and basically trying to trying to essentially unionize in the face of a anti-union law firm being hired. So yeah, basically a big group of Activision Blizzard workers have banded together and gone no, we are we are organizing ourselves as a group and we have a big list of demands we are going to be loud about. Make them bleed. You can't topple them. They know that. Fucking draw blood. Yeah. Yep. Organize and hurt the fucking bastards. Yeah. Apparently they've 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 had over three thousand current employees sign uh, their most recent open letter. They apparently were behind the organizing of the Activision Blizzard walkout that happened last week. And and it's you know multiple multiple stu- like what is it one two three four five six seven eight nine studios have. Uh, membership representation in this group. Yeah. It's significant. And it's really, it's that little sliver of hope. And they're in for a hell of a time. Like It's going to be brutal. And I wish them all the best because there's a lot that is going to ride on getting Unions organized in the very biggest, most powerful companies, of which Activision Blizzard is the one for this. You will see how not sorry those companies truly are. That's correct. Yeah. With the viciousness that their response will carry. Yes. I really hope this is the start of something. I really hope that they get some traction because God knows it's needed. It absolutely is. Utter destruction is too good for Activision Blizzard at this point. Yeah. So I'm glad to see that we are seeing large numbers of staff, both at Ubisoft and Activision Blizzard, vocally organizing to go, no, 
you are not doing enough to fix this. We are going to issue demands and be loud and vocal and organize stuff like strike action and walkouts. And I am glad to see that this kind of action is starting to happen. Yeah. Yeah. If we could see some some industry-wide solidarity, that would be fucking great. Not going to happen, but it would be great. Solidarity would be good. No, yeah, it would be very good. With the workers, the press would be good as well. And the community would also be great if 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 you could care just as much about actual abuse as you do about, you know, oh, Aloy doesn't look as pretty in this one. Yeah, that's the terrible game industry updates for the week, everyone. Yeah. <sighs> it's fucking tiring. It's exhausting. Lately, these podcasts have started off with such... Energy and humour. Yeah. And we end them really sad. We start the show like, hey, happy, fun, lovely times. And then we get to a certain point and go, it's time that we've got to eat our dinner and talk mm-hmm. about the bullshit. Well, it's, it's you know, we get to be around each other. Yeah. And it's all exciting and fun. And we get to forget about the world outside <laughs> for about 20 minutes. When you put it like that, it's no wonder the gamers get really pissed off at me for talking about this oh, stuff. Oh, God, yeah. No, I, I get it entirely. This is why you're losing subscribers. Yeah, oh, yeah. Podquisition listeners, if you would like us to have, like, a show where we don't have to get all depressed and sad and, and and angry and annoyed at the end of the show when we talk about the news. Boycott games from these developers and be vocal about these problems and do what you can to not let these problems go away. Because until these problems are fixed, we're going to have to keep going on about them. Pretty much. Yeah, basically. Yeah. You're both great. I very much enjoy your company. Oh, I'm sorry it so often yeah. has to come oh. saddled with uh, Grumble Grumble industry. Oh. Hey, but you're getting married. I am. Getting married. So that's, you know. I'm getting married. It's happening real soon. I picked out a dress. It's real lovely. Oh. It's such, it's such a cute dress. It really is. You look amazing. Oh. It was the first one I took off the shelf. It was the first one I tried on. I was like, yeah, this is the one. Tried a bunch more and was like, nah, that, that first one. Mm, it's good. Oh, Conrad, she's all grown up. Mm-hmm. She's leaving the nest. <sighs> I'm getting, I'm getting married. Oh. <laughs> are, we, are we done? I think we're good. <laughs> there we are. We ended happy. Yeah. yeah. Nuptials, which always makes me, that Something sounds sleazy about the word nuptials. Maybe because it sounds a bit like nipples. <laughs> I'm going to have some right nuptials. Oh, God, let me get up in your nuptials. Oh, you can see my nuptials any time, darling. <laughs> what else, might we, what else might, might we be able to see of yours? Um, that sounded worse. <laughs> I'm talking about content. Oh, I'll show you some content. Oh, oh. No, take them away. <laughs> so the main thing before I get into the rest of my promotion is if you're listening to this the day it goes up, if you're in the UK, if you're near London and you want to come shout about trans stuff outside the Prime Minister's house and be like, hey, do better at trans stuff. On Friday, Friday the 6th of August, which will be the day after this goes up at 1pm UK outside Downing Street, I am helping organise a trans rights protest. We got like three hours of speakers. Um, I will be doing a little speech at some point in there. Um, it's going to be good. We have worked real hard on it. 
it would be great to see people. But other than that, I'm Laura K. Buzz on Twitter, Twitch, YouTube, Patreon, all that shit. I got books, Uncomfortable Labels, Things I Learned from Mario's Butt, Gender Euphoria, and then I got other podcasts, Pixel Squirt, Queer and Pleasant Strangers, and Dice Funk, which is one that Conrad was on in the past. Oh, hey, that's right. You can also find me on Twitter and Instagram at Conrad Zimmerman. And on Twitch, four days a week, twitch.tv slash that Conrad Zimmerman. There's a schedule and a follow button, and that'll just save you a whole bunch of effort and like move on. Uh, you can buy anti-capitalist propaganda from me at pinfultruth.com or audiobooks at conradreads.com. Let's see. You can hear me on Let's Talk About Snacks with Lauren Morgan and Linda Camiolo. Uh, new episode every Monday of that and there's new Boston's favorite son that just came out that you could listen to. It is uh, all about good allyship. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you can support everything I do online at Patreon, patreon.com slash fistshark. And you know who else has a Patreon? Why, it's James Stephanie Sterling. And I happen to be that James Stephanie Sterling. The James Stephanie Sterling in the story was me all along. That's oh. right. Patreon.com slash Jimquisition. That'll, you know, let you go on a website where you can give some money to me if you want. And then I can put that money on a video and put it on the pockets of Laura and Conrad and Justin and buy pogs with it. And, oh, Twitch. Twitch TV slash Jim Sterling. I do... Live stream sometimes, and importantly, on August 28th, <gasps> uh, we will be streaming the Polyam Cult Party Woodstock at 6pm, I believe. 6pm um, Eastern. If that's wrong, I will change it later. But Polyam Cult Party Woodstock. Uh, my match for it is all but confirmed. I will be wrestling there. There will, of course, be all your favourites. Ziggy Hyam, um, MV Young, of course. Um, others... Uh, I can't remember exactly who's there now. But loads of good wrestlers and me will be wrestling also. And also, if you can get to York, PA, August 13th, SWO, uh, I will be there as well, competing with uh, somebody called Rollins for the SWO Tag Team titles. So that'll be something. Folks, you can get merchandise at thegymporium.com. We we, we're getting in some tank tops. And some reorders for the t-shirts that have the gays can do whatever they want on them. Uh, the gay shirt had such a rush that we managed to sell out, even though we had a pre-sale period to work out how much we'd need. I was not ex- I was expecting it to be popular, possibly the most popular item on the store, but Jesus Christ, so good, people are stealing it. All those people watching the Jimquisition this past week saw how incredibly attractive... It looks mm. on an incredibly attractive body. Oh, like you wouldn't believe. Had to get one for them. Yeah, no, there was a real rush on them. Modeling um, it was a good idea. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. CMV Young, you're not the only model working around here. I'll be seeing him on August 28th Ooh. for the Polyam Cult Party Woodstock, where I will be at. And if you want to go and want to show that the gays can do whatever they want, you could go to thegymporium.com and get a shirt. And badges. There's a badge with Conrad's face on it. There's a badge with Laura's heart on it. Not an actual photograph of it. That would be... We don't have cardiac photos on our website. <laughs> Yet. Yet. 
Would you like them, folks? We'll get you some, like, cardio surgery photos. If enough people want it, I'll get someone to cut me open and take a picture. Hey, literally <laughs> suffering for the art. Bye. 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 <laughs> I can't even mean by that. There wasn't a joke. <laughs>